You're listening to Here and Now, podcasts that are separate from a normal lecture podcast, talking about current events and how they might relate to psychological concepts. I hope you enjoy these podcasts. Thanks. Hello, this is Dr. C. Welcome to another podcast. Today's topic, I want to talk about colleges and universities and the choices you have after you graduate high school or if you're a returning what we call non-traditional student let's say you've been or working in a field you got laid off you want or just want to transition to a different kind of work or maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and your kids are older now and you have the time or a little bit more flexibility to get back to school pursue a career that you thought about doing so that's what today's topic is going to be about and specifically focused on the value of community colleges i think many people tend to overlook these two-year community colleges so let me explain uh, and start from the beginning in terms of what these differences are Um, in the united states our college and university systems are considered some of the best in the world um, there are so many varying types and sizes of colleges and universities um, some are state run tend have lower tuition some are private which have higher tuition and and i'll do a podcast some other time talking about psychology careers and whether it's worth it to get a master's or a phd in psychology but today is just about colleges and universities in general okay and uh, now k through 12 that might be a different story i think the quality of our k through 12 education might vary depending on location obviously and the leadership of that school board school district particular principal all the way down to the teachers Um, so it's hard to generalize and say oh yeah we have awesome K through 12. It just depends on the school that you're in. Okay, so whether you're coming out of high school, returning to school, transitioning, um, let me first focus on those who are graduating high school. Let's say you're a junior or even earlier, sophomore, freshman in high school. Um, Should you plan to go straight to a four-year university? So I'll use Texas as an example. We have the University of Texas system, as well as other state colleges and many private universities. Four, and these are considered four-year universities, bachelor degrees, okay? Of course, and, and up at the university level. Um, or is it a good choice to go to work first? You know, get a place of your own, become independent. And uh, that's a personal decision. I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. Depends on whether you feel like you've mapped out your career goals. And my best advice is to map them out backwards. That is, if you think about a particular career or job position that looks good to you, then you work backwards. You look at people who who are in those positions and what are the steps necessary to obtain that position from this starting point, right? And even interview and talk to people in those professions because just because someone has a job title of, say, psychologist, um, there are so many wide-ranging types of psychologists out there, 
or if you want to become a nurse, there are many types of nurses out there at varying levels and different types of departments and medical specialties. Um, so there's a lot of narrowing down that needs to be done. But for sure, based on my own personal experience, I would, if I had to do over, of course, having the wisdom of a 53-year-old being 17, <laughs> you know, um, I, I probably would not have jumped straight from high school to a university because of the cost involved and also at that age for myself not having a clear career path okay the education you get is an investment right you're spending money and time so you want to be as efficient and focused as possible now that we have so much material online and even free online courses what we used to do in terms of our first couple years of college of exploring while on campus and paying tuition and room and board you know, you can do online now before you actually attend and submit applications to a university or college, right? You can do some of that exploration yourself in terms of different majors, different subject areas. You don't have to actually pay tuition to take an anthropology course, sociology, or engineering class to figure out if you have uh, some skill or like uh, interest in that area. Okay. Um, all right, so in terms of a four-year university, that's what people think about first because that's what's talked about the most when you're in high school. Go to college, go to four-year university. Like in Texas, you know, you're expected to go to University of Texas, Texas A&M, all these bigger schools, right? Which, again, are expensive. So unless you have scholarships available, you're bound to likely either work long hours while you're in school or take out student loans, which... Is something you want to avoid as much as possible even though it can be worth it in the end but use it wisely right uh, you don't want to be buried in student loan debt upon graduation but if it can help you out one semester or two then it might be worth it yeah I can talk about that in another podcast as well focus on the financial aid aspect and for a four-year university the entrance requirements are going to be pretty stringent so that could be another hurdle or challenge if you want to look at it that way but again i would only recommend going straight to a four-year university out of high school if you're extremely focused and know what you want to do and not just go because it's the next logical step and you're not really sure you're just going to meet friends and party and and you know just stumble upon a career path right then you'll end up paying a lot in student loans or paying just out of pocket or your parents pocket in terms of your tuition and room and board for four years or more get a bachelor's degree and then not really know what you want to do with it right um so it's best to be very focused on what you want to do before again think of it as a commitment but you're under no pressure to to go to college right after high school i mean that's, that's sort of an expectation that society or maybe one's parents placed upon you, but um, it, it may not be the logical choice for everyone because of finances or just because of where you are in your life, right? Um, I think for many who are returning, you now we focus on those who are older and returning to school, thinking about returning, I think... As a returning student, you have such an advantage because you have some life experience. You're probably a little bit more focused on what you want to do. 
And don't worry too much about, oh, I've been out of school too long. I'm not going to be able to cut it academically. Trust me, um, with your life experience, you will be able to absorb information a little bit better because you can relate to a lot of the subject matter better, especially a lot of the basics in college, studying government history, psychology, sociology, English. Uh, you'll have a lot more life experience to relate to these subjects than someone who's straight out of high school. Uh, especially, for example, class like developmental psychology. If you're a parent, you have kids, you can totally relate to the different stages of development rather than someone who is still in that adolescent development themselves and trying to relate to different parenting styles or whatever theories you're reading about. Okay, so let me talk about the two-year community college. Now, for myself, I stumbled upon teaching for a community college while I was pursuing my doctorate to be a counseling psychologist, right? So I was doing clinical work in my training, internship, writing a dissertation. I was looking for a part-time job. And I remember as a grad student, I was teaching on campus. So I thought, well, let me see if I can teach for a community college nearby. And they're, you know, very flexible schedules. It's fairly easy to get in the door part-time, right? After an interview, um, Getting a full-time job, of course, is a much more elaborative process. and You have to have more experience and, and all that and a better resume. But getting in as an adjunct, uh, depending on demand, can be fairly easy. Okay. Now, let me explain what a two-year community college is. These are typically state-run or district-run, so it's paid through taxes and tuition. Um, you generally have lower tuition if you live within the district of that particular community college, hence the name community college, I guess. And the tuition tends to be a lot lower. You can maybe spend $700, $800 for the entire semester of four courses, you know, in Texas, just as a guideline, compared to paying maybe thousands. Uh, in fact, you will pay thousands at a private uh, or public university, even tens of thousands in that same time frame. So let's compare, right? If you're going to be a freshman at Rice University or SMU, TCU, or you know Notre Dame, these private universities where uh, not just living expenses, but tuition is extremely high. And even with some scholarship money or working part-time, you're gonna spend a lot out of pocket or take out loans. And let's see, what kind of classes are you gonna be taking? Well, some of the basics, right? Government, history, English, and so forth. Those exact same level of courses can be taken at a two-year community college and for a lot less money and let's say you finish two years at a community college or take get a lot of credits and then you can transfer them to the four-year university and then start off as a junior or even a early senior to finish off your degree right uh, at the four-year level so what about quality right so we know it's cheaper but are you getting your money's worth well, I can tell you this, I have a doctorate degree in psychology. I teach for community college. I've also taught for University of Houston, which is a four-year university. I've taught their undergraduate courses. I've taught even their master's level courses. So if you think about, and the courses that I've taught with the same title, in other words, equivalent classes at the four-year university level, the textbooks are the same as the class I taught at the community college. My lectures are exactly the same. My exams are almost the same, well, pretty much the same. They're the exact same classes, just in two different environments. So in one 
aspect, I have a class of students that are taking my class at the community college, paying a certain amount of money, and then, then I have this exact same class being taught to another group of students at the university level, and they're paying a lot more, right? And so who's, who's getting the better deal? I think the community college student is getting the better deal. And of course, you have to do some research if you kind of know, you know, what major you might want to be in and you want to get a four-year degree or more, then make sure that the courses you take can be transferred. And usually they can be, especially the basics, philosophy, psychology, mathematics, you know, uh, etc. Okay, so... At a two-year community college, not only are you saving a lot of money, so hopefully you won't have to take out student loans for a few hundred dollars per semester, um, you can also get scholarships. So my daughter is in her third semester at a community college here in Tarrant County, which is in the Fort Worth area next to Dallas. And after her first semester, she got all A's, right, 4.0 GPA, she got on what's called the dean's list at the college and then she applied for a scholarship starting her second year so her third semester and she got the scholarship and she's going to school tuition free okay and with a community college you're not paying room and board you're staying at home right usually it's local and so think about all that money she's saving compared to being a university student this first year right now, of course, you know, the university experience can be very wonderful. I had that experience living in a dormitory, making friends, right? Um, but I would also argue that in the big picture, I'm not sure that someone's really missing out because if you go to, if you're transferring as a junior, you're a little bit more mature. Maybe you get a place of your own or maybe get a roommate, right? I mean, having a roommate in a dorm in that setting can be a little bit overrated right I mean because as a junior you can still join athletic sports teams what they call intramural teams you can join student clubs you can still have and make a large group of friends and uh, it's kind of a toss-up right so I don't think you're losing a great deal by missing out on those first two years of a university level um, think about all the money you're going to save. And this is not just talk, right? This is real life. When you finish your degree and you have virtually no debt or just a little bit of debt and you're starting a job, that can be a huge difference, right? Um, and there, there are statistics out there showing that even college students with a four-year degree, they're not necessarily getting the employment that matches that degree level. So they're being underemployed. Right? They're working in jobs that you can do maybe with you know, a bachelor's degree level. There's sort of these in-between type jobs instead of the job that requires a college degree. Now, what you can do at a two-year community college, so the quality of the courses aside, right? Um, I mean, that meaning that I've talked about it, uh, I can tell you that when I applied for the full-time position at a community college when it opened up after just starting there as an adjunct, the interview process is pretty rigorous. You know, I have to do a teaching demonstration to some faculty members in the psychology department. Right? Think about how nerve-wracking that is. You're not talking to undergraduate students. You're looking at these seasoned professionals, and you know, it could be this fear of saying something wrong or being outed, like, "Well, you don't remember that theorist," you know. And so, 
I am being hired not on my research credentials, but on my teaching ability, relatability. Uh, will students be able to work with me? Will fellow faculty members be able to work with me? Right. So when you go to a community college, your instructors were hired based on their ability to teach. Now, given the COVID-19 situation, a lot of these instructors who may be brilliant in the classroom may be struggling a little bit converting their classes as an online class. So all those great reviews might not look accurate when you're taking their class online. So you have to do the circumstances, give them some leeway, right? Um, cut them a little slack. But in general, the faculty full-time and part-time, and, and if you're not sure who to choose, and you're not sure about these reviews online and how credible they are, then try to choose someone who's a full-time instructor first, right? Now, I myself am now an adjunct, right? I work for a different community college, even though I used to be full-time. So the difference is, is that most adjuncts, unlike me, who just teaches, that's all I do, a lot of adjuncts are professionals in their field, and they teach one or two classes on the side for extra money and just for the experience. So they bring their work experience into the classroom and can relate to it. For example, if they're a therapist or work in a hospital, right, or look in a, work in a law firm, you know, that kind of thing, right? Okay, so, so you may get a great experience if you have a part-time instructor than a full-time, but again, sometimes it's just about 50-50 shot, right? But more than likely, a full-time instructor is there and earn their keep and their position because they have good teaching skills. And it's hard to get recommendations from students because depending on how they performed in a class, that will determine their review, right? If they had a difficult time, then they're going to slam the class. Oh, it's difficult and it's impossible. The professor's not fair. And if they, they're they a pretty good student and got through the class and got a good grade, they'll say, oh, the class was a breeze. It was easy. Just study and you'll be fine. So it's really hard to determine the quality of an instructor just based on... Um, student feedback, right? All right. Um, I think for many people in this day and age, I think it's good to focus on developing skill sets rather than thinking about what degree you're trying to achieve. And at the community college level, there are also continuing education courses, right, that are skilled-based. So you may get a certification in Microsoft software, right? Or you may be able to get a certification in welding, okay? Um, so there are many types of, uh, you can learn to be a truck driver, right, at community college level. So there are many of these, and, and I think overseas, a lot of these schools are called technical schools or technical colleges, right? So it's very similar to the American system. So at these two-year colleges, you can look at the different degree plans they have for academics, but nursing, I can tell you, is the most popular one and tends to be very competitive. Um, because so many students are trying to get in, then what happens is is that the entrance requirements becomes tougher, right? It becomes more competitive because everyone has good grades and, and students trying to get in are trying to get in with perfect grades. So that's not a bad sign in the sense that these future nurses, you know, probably had a pretty good education. Now, as a early high school student, you can actually attend these college classes, and they're often called dual credit, right? Because you're getting your high school requirements at the same time you're earning college credits. 
Now, these classes, even if it's a professor coming onto the high school campus to teach, and I've done that before in Houston, these are the actual college classes, right? The, cur the curriculum is exactly the same, just like I spoke about earlier when I taught the same class at a four-year university or two-year college. If that class is offered at the high school level as a dual credit class, it means I'm teaching high school students, but teaching a college course. So they're going to get that college credit on their transcript as well as on their high school transcript. And many high school students can actually graduate with an associate's degree, right? That's a typical name for the two-year degree when you graduate from a community college and meet all the requirements. So how wonderful is that? And oftentimes, high school districts have partnerships with community colleges where taking those college classes could be free, right? So our daughter was homeschooled during our high school years, so we actually, we paid tuition. But if you're part of a school district, then if you take the college courses, then you may be able to take them tuition-free, which is pretty awesome. All right. So also what I wanted to mention was that um, community colleges, some of them also are now developing four-year degrees or bachelor's degrees, right? Not a whole lot. So some colleges may offer three, you know, in these very specialized areas. And that's why a lot of community colleges are dropping the word community from their name. Or, or uh, in America, many colleges are called junior colleges. And they're really the same thing. So a lot of colleges that I've worked for actually have changed their official names. They've dropped the word junior or community. And they're just colleges, right? Um, so if you just do a little digging, you'll find out, oh, is this a four-year university or college, right? Um, but another thing that I think is very valuable at the community college level is I've found that the student body is very diverse, because at a traditional four-year university, you're getting a, most of the students straight out of high school, right? And when I was a student, I look around, there were very, very few that were not that age group, right? You get the occasional older student, you know, but most of the time, they're the straight out of high school students, right? So those are your peers in your grade level. But when you look at a typical community college course, and especially a night class or a weekend course or an online course, and you look through these self-introductions, you'll have people who have kids, you'll have people who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, maybe taking class for fun or maybe training to become a nurse, transitioning to a new career, right? And you just don't see that kind of diversity in a typical four-year college a four-year university where students are living in a dorm room, right? All roughly of similar ages and backgrounds. Um, at the four-year university, if you do take a night class or a weekend class, you do see the older-than-average student in there. And I can tell you as a beginning instructor at the time, as a graduate student I was teaching on campus, I went to the University of Houston for graduate school in psychology, it was intimidating. I was only in my late 20s, early uh, mid to late 20s, and I was teaching cl night classes. You know, I was an early instructor, you know, not much life experience or, or teaching experience. And I'll have these students who are in there significantly older than myself, and they're professionals out in their field. And and I, I would think to myself, how, 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 can, how am I qualified to teach them, right? Um, but in any case... 
um, I think these are some considera considerations you should have. And so don't overlook the two-year community college that's in your neighborhood. Okay. Um, now, the qualifications for an instructor to teach at a community college typically is a master's degree, which is a two-year degree after the university degree of a bachelor's degree. Now, some colleges have the requirement that's actually less than that. They require you to have 18 credit hours of master's courses in your area to teach for them. Right? That's the bare minimum, but most do. and In fact, many have degrees even higher than a master's degree. Okay, so that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Just remember that going to college is a huge investment of your time and money and resources and will put a damper. Oh, let me not be too negative, okay? It'll put a stress, let's put it that way. It will strain your existing relationships just because of the time factor. It's an extra job, really, if you think about it, if you're, all, if you're already in the workforce. So make this decision seriously. Don't just wander off into university like I did, not knowing what I wanted to do, um, thinking this is where I'm going to find myself. Well, you can find yourself without spending all that money, right? Okay, and finances has to be a big part of one's consideration. You don't want to waste money and come away with a huge burden of a debt. So, because in the future you want to buy a house, have a mortgage, and then you have another mortgage, which is that student loan that you're trying to pay off over 30 years is really like a mortgage okay that's it i hope this was helpful to you i hope I, I didn't want to diss the four-year university experience of course that was the experience i had it was wonderful but i'm still paying my student loans at the age of 53 right and so was it worth it uh yeah but I th if i had to do over i think there were many more efficient options for myself and Lastly, focus on developing skill sets, not so much about the title of your degree, okay? Whether it's writing skills, art skills, music skills, technical skills, right? Focus on developing a list of skills rather than just building um, a lot of courses in your transcript, all right? Okay, that's pretty much it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach me on Twitter at JackBTeaching. Um, maybe I'll give out my email address, but chances are, I don't know. If you can reach me on Twitter, that's probably good enough. And then we want to have a more in-depth conversation, then we can exchange emails or even have a phone call. Okay, until the next subject. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on anchor.fm slash jackbteaching. That's Jack, the letter B, and the word teaching. And you can reach me on Twitter. My handle is also at jackbteaching. Thank you.